Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 48. An alternative to police responding to mental health calls, baseball field dedication to fallen Sacramento officer postponed after being vandalized, and Louisville Metro Police officers call for change. From Sacramento, California, CAP Radio reports on a Saturday night in February, under an Oak Park drug clinic's fluorescent lights, a small team of volunteers started building a new system for responding to people in crisis. Registered nurse Asinta Walboykin trained some new arrivals on mental health first aid, while two street outreach workers talked strategy in a cluttered office, they brewed coffee and ordered pizza, waiting for calls or messages from people in psychiatric distress. Their line, 916-670-4062 is open 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., three nights a week, when someone needs to talk, they talk, if there's an incident out on the street, they hop in the RV, it's a donated rig, and it gives the team a safe place to keep supplies and provide care, the goal is to create a community response to people in mental health crisis so law enforcement doesn't show up and potentially escalate the situation, Boykin said, the idea of finding alternatives to policing gained traction in the wake of George Floyd's death, as thousands of demonstrators demanded limits on law enforcement, Sacramento Mayor Darrell Steinberg just proposed using $5 million from the city's general fund to create a group of non-law enforcement officials to handle mental health-related 911 calls, why is it when a family member is in crisis? that the only recourse in society is to call 911. Steinberg said, We put our officers in situations that they are not adequately prepared for and because they have weapons, put others in danger, local law enforcement groups are making efforts to respond more appropriately to people in distress, but alternative groups like this one say they've already got it covered, the M.H. first team says they're filling a gap, right now. A bystander who sees someone behaving erratically might not know of any other option except to call the police. Sacramento County has a 24-hour mental health crisis line, but it's not set up for in-person interventions. Instead, operators refer people to a system of clinics and crisis facilities that critics describe as backlogged. Non-profit-run suicide lines are generally not designed to send counselors to a scene. At the Sacramento Police Department, Social Services Administrator Bridget Dean is trying to find a better way to address mental health crises, but she says the resources aren't always available. Would I love a community and structure where there was complete access for anybody in crisis to walk into a 24-7 clinic and get services right now? 100% I would love to see that, she said, but until that happens, we will be there. When you call 911, we come. And so I think our community needs to start understanding that whether anybody believes law enforcement should be in that position, we are fully in that position, she says the mission of the mental health and homelessness teams she oversees is to assess someone's needs, and get them into professional care when appropriate, right now, patrol officers determine if something is a mental health call, if it is, an available officer from the mental health unit picks it up, once on scene. They assess whether someone needs or is willing to accept mental health help, if they are, the officer can connect them to a non-profit, or call in a community support team from Sacramento County, 
made up of a clinician and a peer counselor, if the person is gravely disabled or poses an immediate threat to themselves or others, officers can take them to the hospital under a 5150 hold, and they're doing that in their uniforms, Dean said, and while I understand fully some people have a trigger reaction to law enforcement, I do think that a lot of our training has specifically addressed the need to respect that, and to also be able to calm them in the process by using terminology that's a little bit different, right, that's based in social work, but some advocates say any interaction with law enforcement can intensify the situation to a dangerous degree, if you're paranoid and you think folks are out to get you and the police show up, it's just going to make things worse, Boykin said. Peer crisis counselor Nikki Jones said onlookers and officers too often see people experiencing mental health crisis as dangerous, when in reality they're the victims of pretty constant misinterpretation and injustice, she said, we don't need weapons, we know that the strongest de-escalating tools are kindness and our words, and those historically work most of the time, Dean says she's aware that there are community groups trying to de-escalate situations involving mentally ill individuals. She said she's open to collaboration, we need to have partners who provide the services to individuals so we can get that warm handoff made, she said, we may be the first contact, but our job is to get that person into the hands of the expert who can then help them continue to move forward and heal. The history of negative interactions between police officers and mentally ill individuals hits close to home in Sacramento, and some experts say the risk is even higher for mentally ill people of color. Aaron Carrison, a Berkeley professor who studies race, health and criminal justice, says the way police react to someone who has a mental illness, or even seems like they might have a mental illness, depends heavily on the color of that person's skin and the neighborhood where the incident occurs. Even that framework of people who are suffering from mental illness pose a threat that's fundamentally flawed, she said, and that also has a racial component to it with respect to whose pain or suffering is recognized and acknowledged. The M.H. first team did not have a tally of the number of calls they've taken, but they say they were often going out several times a night before COVID-19 hit, they're still actively trying to get the word out to the community, the list of situations they say they're prepared to respond to includes, someone experiencing suicidal thoughts, someone running in and out of traffic, someone screaming on a street corner, someone threatening self-harm or violence or someone who asks for a wellness check on a friend they're concerned about, on nights they don't get calls, M, H, first team members train new volunteers and monitor social media for cries for help, they also drive around to businesses that are open late and give them the phone number to call, in case employees see anything strange happening outside, folks are reaching out to us because we built that framework, she said, we're an example of what an alternative can look like and can help folks replicate what fits their conditions, this model has been shown to work in other places, the city of Oakland is currently launching a $40,000 pilot to test non-policing strategies on mental health calls, their program is modeled after a project in Eugene, Oregon, which was started by social activists three decades ago but is now city-supported and funded at around $80,000 annually. Its organizers argue that sending community mental health workers out to these scenes is cheaper than paying firefighters or police officers. In Sacramento, the mayor's office hasn't released details on who would respond to mental health calls if not police. Until then, the M.H. First Team says they'll work with the volunteers and donations they have, and remain available to pick up the phone. From Sacramento, California.
Channel 40 reports the apparent vandalism of a baseball field named in honor of slain Sacramento police officer Tara O'Sullivan has resulted in the postponement of a planned dedication ceremony. The backstop of the ball field was painted black with a thin blue line that had a symbolic meaning for Sacramento police officers. That blue line represents the line of officers that are there to keep us safe, explained Timothy Davis, president of the Sacramento Police Officers Association. The death of the young officer drew an outpouring of support from officers and the community. When someone painted out that blue line, the police union Facebook page blew up with expressions of outrage. It's an emotional time with the one-year anniversary of her murder, said Davis. It did affect us. The blue line was repainted by volunteers. The ball field is in Sacramento Councilman Alan Warren's district. Many of the district's residents are black. There was more anger when his Facebook page announced the delay of the dedication of the ball field scheduled for Saturday, one year after O'Sullivan's death. The page also said the backstop would be repainted the traditional green. A message put out by the union said Warren was playing political games. Warren said that these are unsettled times nationally. Some of that, unfortunately, is affecting what's happening here in Sacramento, said Warren. Warren said his webpage was relaying the latest information from the city manager. He said it was not his decision to postpone the dedication, instead, he used mutual friends to reach the O'Sullivan family who was upset at the vandalism, they wanted to talk to me next week when their emotions come down and then I got a second response just saying they thought they may not want to move forward with it, explained Warren, the dedication was important for police and their supporters to demonstrate their sacrifice in the face of the turmoil that's happening. Everyone deserves to feel safe and it's our police officers who are there to keep them safe, said Davis. Warren said the canceled dedication was unfortunate for officers. Police have been targeted and this was an opportunity to acknowledge the passing and to have something positive come out, said Warren. We look forward to that time when the city does dedicate that field in her name, said Davis. Warren said he still hopes to speak with the family next week and will support rescheduling the dedication as well as keeping the baseball backstop painted black and blue. From Louisville, Kentucky, WDRB reports hundreds of current and retired police officers held a rally asking for change within the department, city government and the community. Retired Louisville Metro Police Officer George Rodman began the rally in Old Louisville's Central Park telling officers behind him that this is for you all. In a powerful and symbolic move, the crowd of current and retired officers stood behind him to back him up. The officers were not just from LMPD, but from other departments as well. Mayor Fisher and elected officials, please quit catering to the criminals, Rodman said he's frustrated with how officers are being treated, shame on you for using the police officers as scapegoats, Rodman said the work environment is toxic in Louisville. Officers are underappreciated, and they don't get the same pay as surrounding agencies, he said when protests become violent, crimes are happening right under officers' noses, and they are powerless to stop it, when the vandalism and looting began, frontline workers were given the order of stand down from the mayor, Rodman emphasized, but Mayor Greg Fisher says while he's sometimes around when the decisions are made, the order is up to the interim police chief Robert Schroeder, ultimately, Chief Schroeder. Fisher said, and then it would go to the commander who is ever on the ground at that point, Rodman said the officers want change, and he said it needs to come from the top down, he believes elected officials like Fisher are catering to criminals, when protests become violent, 
He said the police officers who attended the rally have the same goal as the peaceful protesters, which is no racism, no corruption, transparency and true leadership, but Rodman described downtown as looking like a war zone because of the violence and looting that has gone on in recent weeks. He says police are exhausted from a lack of leadership and scandals, and he faults city officials. He also blamed media for fueling the fire. Rodman said he believes officers will leave the department and that will put citizen safety at risk. I need the good citizens of Louisville, the silent majority, to become vocal. Let the elected officials know you believe in the officers and you want to take your city back now. Rodman said, you should not live in fear but unfortunately that's the condition our city is in. Enough is enough. River City FOP President Ryan Nichols said he believes LMPD could see up to 200 officers leave by the end of the summer, if not more. It all stems back to that lack of accountable leadership, as you heard when many of the statements were made, when officers are given an order to retreat or not take action to enforce the law to protect people and property is asinine, said Nichols. How can we expect them to continue to work for a department like that? We do need change in this city, but it's not with the police department and the officers, it's with the leadership in this city, Nichols said, he thinks Mayor Fisher should step down, we would support him in his efforts to resign and retire. This news brought to you by the National Police Association, to learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.